0: So take your Bibles or your iPhone, or if you just want to listen, that's perfectly fine. But I'm going to read out of the book of Matthew chapter 17, beginning with verse number 24. And uh, uh, if, you, if you'll know that the government extended our tax time to October the 15th, I think. And so this month your taxes are due, if I, if I understood that correctly. And um, so I want to kind of speak on the miracle of the tax money, the miracle of the tax money. And so um, that's found in Matthew chapter 17. I want you to listen to this narrative, Matthew 17, verse 24. Listen to the words of St. Matthew. And when they had come to Capernaum, those who had received the temple tax came to Peter and said, Does your teacher not pay the temple tax? He said, Yes. And when he had come into the house, Jesus anticipated him, saying, What do you think, Simon? From whom do the kings of the earth take custom or taxes from their sons or from strangers? Peter said to him, from strangers. Jesus said to him, then the sons are free. Nevertheless, lest we offend them, go to the sea, cast in a hook, take the fish that comes up first, and when you have opened its mouth, you will find a piece of money that take that, give it to them for me and for you. I want you to look at verse 27 uh, one more time. Nevertheless, lest we offend them, go to the sea, cast in a hook, take the fish that comes up first, and when you have opened its mouth, you will find a piece of money. Take that, give it to them for me and for you. So just for a few moments, we're looking at the story of uh, Peter receiving the fish and open its mouth and receiving money to take care of his tax and the Lord's tax, the miracle of the tax money, the miracle of the tax money, Lord, open our ears and our heart to hear your word today. Let your word go forth in power and boldness. Do whatever you want to do inside of us and in us and through us so that we'll be acceptable vessels to you. And everyone said a great big amen. The miracle of the tax money. I've used this illustration several times before, but I think it applies to uh, my message this morning. But uh, several years ago, if you recall, McDonald's promoted a game. Uh, It promoted a monopoly game. And uh, you had a chance, I think, to win $1 million. Uh, that was several years ago. And uh, I don't know if the ploy was for you to eat more French fries or Big Macs, but anyway, uh, you had the chance to win one million dollars. It's interesting that when you pull the little tab off the French fries or the box of that your uh, um, your hamburger came in, it's interesting that you could read the rules of the game. And and if you re- read the rules of the game, you'll find out that your chances of winning the one million dollars was actually one in five hundred. Hundred eighteen thousand uh, one in eight, one in five hundred eighteen thousand, uh, and so your chances wasn't very good. Matter of fact, your chances was very slim. One in 500,000. 500, I mean, that's not 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 very good chances. Your chances is only one in over 500,000. That's not very good. And uh, but so, you know, I come to the conclusion that they just wanted you to eat more French fries. And uh, by the way, you got to be careful about that. But anyway, so you have to, uh, you know, the chances wasn't very good. And, and, and you know, sometimes in life. You look at your situation and you look at the things that's going on in your life and sometimes it looks discouraging and you feel like that you're part of that monopoly game, that your chances of winning in life is not very good, that your chances in succeeding in life is not very good and your chances in making it is not very good. And some of us feel like I've prayed the same prayer. I believe, I've believe i been believing God. And you feel like you're a part of that Monopoly game. It doesn't look very good. The chances are not very good. Maybe today you're like lots of other people today. Maybe you just feel like you're losing hope. Maybe you feel like that you're about to burn out. Maybe today you feel like you're facing mountains in your life that you can't seem to get over or can't seem to get through. Maybe you are in a situation today that requires a miracle. Maybe you feel like that you can't go on any longer. Maybe you feel so discouraged and so disheartened that you don't have the energy to go on any longer. Maybe this morning you feel like you just want to throw in the towel and say it's not worth it. But I hear the Holy Spirit telling me to tell you that the same towel that you're about to throw in, he's going to throw back at you and tell you to wipe your face. It is not over. God has not called you to give up the cross. There is a crown ahead of you. He has not called you to drown in adversity. He didn't teach you how to swim, to let you drown. Can I hear an amen? God has empowered you to continue. God has given you the strength to go on. If you look at the New Testament over and over, you will find that the apostles continued in the apostles doctrine. I'm telling you today that God wants to give you the power to continue. He wants to give you the power to endure. He wants to give you the power not to give up. He wants to give you the power not to faint. You remember what the Bible says? The Apostle Paul says that you will reap if you faint not. He says that you will reap if you faint not. And I've come to tell you today that you're going to reap. You know why you're going to reap? Because we're not going to faint. God has encouraged us. God has strengthened us to go on, to continue in the gospel today. You see, maybe today you feel like you're a part of that monopoly game and your chances is not very good very slim but I want to let you know that when God gets involved I said when God gets involved it doesn't matter what your chances are it doesn't matter what Las Vegas says your odds are it doesn't matter what so-called expert says your odds are when God gets involved he can turn it around when God gets involved he can turn your mourning into dancing when God gets involved he can turn your sorrow into joy when God gets involved he can turn your beauty for ashes when god gets involved he can he can uh, turn your garment uh, he can take your garment of heaviness and give you a garment of praise when god gets involved you see you may feel like you're a part of that monopoly game today and you feel like your chances are slim but let me tell you you're a part of another game and this game god is involved and when god is involved then your chances are high when your god when your god is involved Involved, then your chances is not slim. You see this scripture, this narrative that is before us today, a familiar story. It's an odd story. It's a weird story about how Jesus need to pay taxes. Even Jesus had to pay taxes. I want to encourage you today. If you feel discouraged about paying taxes, well, let me just remind you something. Jesus had to pay taxes too. Amen. So I pray, I pray that you're strengthened today. Jesus had to pay taxes. Peter had to pay taxes. And the Bible says that Jesus told Peter, I want you to go to the sea. I want you to go fishing. And the first fish that you catch, open its mouth. And I want you to find, you will find a coin and that will take care of your tax and my tax. So I want to give you four things about this story today, about the miracle of the tax money. I want to give you four things about this story. Number one, fact number one, I want to remind you that God already knows what you have need of before you even ask him. I know that's very simple and it's simplistic, but it is very true. I have discovered that the gospel is simple. Sometimes we want to find something deep. Sometimes I think we're so deep we get stuck, you know? But the gospel is simple, and it 's very simple, and it can apply to anybody and The truth of the matter is that in this text and in this narrative, it teaches us that God knows our need before we ask Him. Let me remind you what happened. The Bible says in Matthew chapter number twenty four the Bible says uh, in verse number twenty four some people had come to Peter and asked Peter if his master paid taxes. And and the Bible says in verse number 25 that Peter went into the house to talk to Jesus. But the Bible says in verse number 25, and he, in verse number 25, and when he had come into the house, Jesus had already anticipated him saying. In other words, Jesus already knew what Peter was going to ask. P- Jesus already knew what Peter was going to say. The Bible says that Jesus had already anticipated. Jesus had already knew what Peter was going to ask. Jesus already knew what Peter was going to say. That tells me that God knows our need before we even ask him. Sometimes we get discouraged in prayer and we think that we got to pray the right words all the time. Sometimes we get discouraged in prayer and we think that if we don't say it right and do it right, then God won't hear us. Well, let me tell you something. And tonight, uh, this, uh, this morning, church. Prayer is not a secret formula. Let me say this to you again. Prayer is not a secret formula. It is not. Prayer is a dialogue to God. You don't have to say the right things all the time. You don't have to use the right words all the time. You don't even have to be appropriate all the time. Sometimes I have found myself in desperate situations where I did not know what to say to the Lord or how to say it to the the Lord. Sometimes I just said help. And I want to let you know today that God even hears your faintest cry. God hears even your thoughts. And even when you don't have the words to utter and even when you don't have the right vocabulary to say to God, I want you to know that God hears you anyway. God knows what you're going to ask even before you ask him. Even before you ask him, he already knows. Do you know why? Because he is your father and father's c- is fathers are concerned about their children. He already knows what you have need of even before you ask him. So today I want you to be liberated. I want you to be liberated in prayer. Maybe today you feel crushed and you don't know what to say to the Lord. I want you to know that even your heart can become a prayer to the Lord. You remember Hannah? The Bible says that Hannah in the Old Testament was in the temple and the Bible says she was burdened and she was heavy laden and the Bible says that only her mouth moved, but nothing came out of her mouth. In other words, she was so heavy laden that she didn't know what to say. She, 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 she didn't know have the right words to say. I want to let you know today that sometimes in prayer, we don't know what to say. Sometimes in prayer, we don't know how to articulate our words, but I want to remind you that the truth of the story illustrates to us today that God knows what we have need of even before we ask him. Even though, in the scripture, in the narrative even though that Jesus was outside Jesus was outside he didn't hear the conversation between Peter and, 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 and those leaders that was asking him Jesus wasn't outside, he didn't hear the conversation but the Bible says that Jesus already knew what Peter was going to say when he walked in the house in other words, Jesus already had this supernatural knowledge of this need before Peter even asked him, sometimes my friends, we think that the purpose of prayer is to inform God about our needs. We believe that he is ignorant today of what is going on in our life and if we don't tell God, God will never know. We assume today that God is busy counting the hairs on people's heads, that he doesn't have time to be concerned with the real needs. But the Bible is true today when it tells us in Matthew chapter 6 and verse 8 that the the Father knows what you have need of, even before you ask him. The Bible says the Father hath; He knows what you need even before you ask him. Matthew 6 verse 8. You see, my friends, the purpose of prayer is not to inform God concerning what's happening in our life because he already knows. We pray because the Bible says our prayers make a difference in bringing things to earth. I believe the Bible is still true when it tells us that the affectionate, fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth the The affectional, fervent prayer of a righteous man. Of much. One of my favorite stories and you have heard it before but it goes with my sermon this morning. I love this story but it illustrates that God already knows what we have need of before we ask. You remember me telling the story in 1924, the Dallas Theological Seminary almost shut down, almost shut down. They almost shut down because they didn't have the money to pay the bills and the story tells us that around noon on a certain day the creditors was going to come and shut down Dallas Theological Seminary because they didn't have the finances to go on. Obviously the staff was heavy laden. Obviously the staff was discouraged. So the president of the school, had a meeting and called the staff together in his office and they joined hands and they began to pray. One of the faculty members there was called Dr. Harry Ironside. He led the prayer and as they were praying he said this and I quote Lord we know that you own a cattle on a thousand hills will you please sell some of them and send us the money. Well in the meantime of them praying that prayer, in the meantime there was a Texas business man who stepped into the office, the business office, and said to the secretary, I just sold two carloads of cattle in Fort Worth, and I feel compelled to give the money to the seminary. The surprise secretary took the check, and she was so nervous that she's trying to knock on the door, but they're still in the prayer meeting. So Dr. Schaefer, which was the president, opened the door and asked what the secretary wanted. The secretary then handed the prayer. Now get this. They're they're still praying. And the secretary handed the check to Dr. Schaefer. And Dr. Schaefer opened up the check, and it was the exact amount of the debt. Dr. Schaefer, who was the president, turned around to the group that was praying and looked at Dr. Ironside and said, Harry, God just sold the cattle. I want to remind you today that God knows your need of. He knows what your need is before you even ask him. Hallelujah. Would you lift your hands up in your house? And I want you to receive the miracle power of Almighty God that can meet your need right where you're at. I want you to believe God for the supernatural. I want you to believe God that he's a God that can do far above what you can ever ask or think. The Bible says, now unto him that's able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think. I'm telling you today, God, I'm telling you today church, that we serve a miracle working God. What is the chances of that happening? The chances of that happening is one in a billion. That's what you call the monopoly game. In the monopoly game, that would have never happened. But with God, it's one in one because God already know the need before they even ask. God was already rearranging the events to meet the need of the school. God already spoke to that Texas businessman on the highway, even as they were praying, because this illustrates the principle that God already already knows what we have need of, even before we ask him. Hallelujah. Number two, I want to remind you today that God controls events that we can't control. God controls things that we can't control. He controls things that we can't control. You know, have you ever felt like you needed to control life? Have you ever felt like your hands had to be in everything? Have you ever felt like that if you wasn't in control, then your life is falling apart? Well, let me remind you that even when you feel like your life is falling apart and you feel like the events of life is not lining up, I want you to know that everything is under control. I want you to know that God controls events that you can't control. I want to remind you that Jesus walks upon the winds and waves, Waves. Jesus walks upon the things that's out of control. He controls the events that we can't control. The story tells us that after Jesus revealed to Peter that He already knew His need, Jesus told Peter, "I want you to go to the sea. I want you to cast in a hook, and I want you to take the first fish. And when you open its mouth, you will find money to pay for your taxes." Now I know what you're thinking, boy I wish it was that easy, I wish I could just go fishing, take care of my taxes, you know, you know it's not, it's not that easy, but the story, the principle of the story demonstrates that God does supply for his own, but I want you to see this story, I want you, I want to ask you a question. Out of all the ways that God could have provided for Peter. I mean, there could have been multiple ways that God could have provided for Peter. Why did God choose this way? Why did God tell Peter to go fishing? I mean, there are other ways that God had provided. I mean, God could have sent someone and just gave Peter the money. I mean... There were other ways that Peter could have gotten the money, but this was an odd way to get the money. This was an odd way to get the money. This is not a conventional way to get the money. This is not a normal way to get the money. And I believe that the reason that God chose this way is because God wanted to demonstrate to Peter that he controls events that you can't control. That he controls events that you can't control. You see, Peter had no control over the fish that he would catch. Peter didn't even know what type of fish he would catch. All he could do was to hold the fishing pole and throw the hook and trust what Jesus had said, and he had to trust that the right fish would catch the right hook. You see, Peter had to trust in what Jesus said. No matter how ridiculous it sounded, Peter had to trust it. And I want to ask you a question this morning, Christ Point. Do you trust God this morning? Do you trust him this morning? No matter how ridiculous it sounds, do you trust his word? Do you believe in what the Bible says? Do you believe in what God said? Do you believe that he is able to keep you from falling? Do you you believe that he's able to provide for you? Do you believe that he's able to restore you? Do you believe that he's able to do what he said that he's able to do? Jesus said all things are possible to him that believeth. Are you trusting him? today. Peter had to trust the Lord. He had to trust the Lord that no matter how ridiculous it sounded, that it was going to come to pass just exactly like the Lord said. I want you to be, I want you to imagine being that little fish underwater trying to locate the tiny hook out of the entire sea. What are the odds of the right fish finding the right little hook can you imagine that I am sure there were other people fishing on the sea that day I'm sure other people were fishing how did the right fish get the right hook that day? How did the right fish get Peter's hook out of everybody else that was fishing that day? Well, if you're playing the Monopoly game, it's one in 518,000 chances. But if you're with God, it's one and one. Without God, it's one in a billion, but with God, it's one in one. A situation that seems impossible with men is simply an opportunity for God to work in your life. A situation that seems impossible with men is simply an opportunity for God. God could care less what the odds are. God could care less what the odds are. The odds of the right fish catching the right hook out of everybody that was fishing that day is very slim, but with God, it's one and one. I want to ask this church a question this morning. Are we not serving a God that enabled Abraham to father Isaac when it was humanly impossible? Aren't we not serving a God that led three million Jews out of the land of Egypt? Aren't we not serving a God that can part the Red Sea? Aren't we not serving a God that can shut the mouth? of the lions for the prophet Daniel? Are we not serving a God who is the fourth man in life's fiery furnace? Are we not serving a God that can calm the winds and the waves? Are we not serving a God that can feed 5,000 men with five loaves and two fish? I believe we serve that type of God this morning. I believe that if Bel is God, then worship him. But if God is God, let's worship him and declare that nothing is impossible for him. You see, ladies and gentlemen, a situation that seems impossible with men is simply an opportunity for God because he controls events that we can control. Number one, God already knows what you have need of even before you ask. Number two, God controls events that we can't control. Number three, God's timing is perfect. Listen, my friends, just as we have misapprehended God's thoughts and we have misunderstood God's sovereignty, sometimes we miscalculate his timing. We live in a microwave society. We want everything to work right now. We want it to work like McDonald's. We wanted to have it our way. God doesn't work at McDonald's. He doesn't even work at Chick-fil-A. And I hear an Amen. <laughs> God works at his own timetable. Sometimes we become impatient and we usually think that God is either late or God has forgotten about us. But God's timing is perfect. And some of you right now think that God is late. Some of you think that God is late or God has forgotten about you. But I want to remind you the story this morning. Peter went fishing He obeyed the words of the master. He threw in the hook into the sea. And it was not an accident that the right fish was at the right place at the right time. That the right fish was at the right place at the right time. Because God had set up a divine appointment for the fish to meet Peter when he arrived at the correct spot in the sea. You see how God works? God had orchestrated the right fish in the entire sea to find the right boat and the right hook in the entire sea. God's timing is, imper- God's timing is perfect. That little fish had to swim through the ocean. That little fish, somebody... Was fishing that day and stood up and dropped some coins. Those coins fell to the bottom of the sea floor. And that little fish, the right fish, went to the bottom of the sea floor and swallowed a coin from somebody else who was fishing that day. That fish who was appointed by God swallowed that coin, held it in its mouth and found the right boat in the entire sea and grabbed the right hook because God controls events you can't control. And God's timing is perfect. Let me remind you how perfect God's timing is. It was not an accident when Saul was looking for the lost donkey. that The Bible says that he met Samuel at the appointed time which fulfilled the scripture in 1 Samuel 9 and verse 3. The arrow that shot by a soldier at random had the correct direction and timing to strike the wicked king Ahab, which fulfilled the prophecy of 2 Chronicles 18, verse 16 and verse 33. It was not an accident that Mary and Joseph had to travel to Bethlehem for a census at the same time that she was to give birth of the Savior, fulfilling the prophecy of Micah 5 2. It was at the, at the exact time and the exact moment when Peter denied Jesus for the third time that the rooster in the courtroom or courtyard crowed, fulfilling the prophecy of Jesus found in Matthew 26 74. The well of Jonah was at the appointed spot in the ocean at the right time to catch Jonah when the men threw him overboard. In Jonah chapter 1, verse 15. The ram that was caught in the thicket at the exact moment was there for Abraham when he was getting ready to offer Isaac up on the altar on Genesis chapter 22 verse number 10. I'm telling you today I'm telling you today that God not only controls events that you can't control. Not only does he know the things that you have need of before you ask. But I'm telling you that God's timing is perfect. Don't be discouraged today because as you wait on the Lord your waiting is not wasteful let me say it again your waiting is not wasteful you can win as you wait in your waiting process he desires to develop character in your life he desires to mold you and shape you because that is what the Christian life is about is growing in sanctification and growing to be more like Jesus You see, number four, God supplies needs to those who ask, or in other words, obedience is the key. Obedience is the key. You know, the Bible says that Jesus told Peter to throw the hook into the sea. That's not too difficult. But if Peter had not obeyed, he would not have caught the fish. It's essential. That you fulfill your part, and you do what God has told you to do. You be faithful. You be obedient. The Bible says in Hebrews chapter 10, verse number 36, and I quote, You have need of patience, that after you have done the will of God, you might receive the promises of God. You see, church, all of God's promises have conditions. And there's always a part that you have to play in order to receive the promises of God. All the miracles of the Bible required something of man. The woman with the issue of blood, something was required of her. She had to press even though she was struggling. The man with the withered hand, he had to stretch his hands out. Blind Barnabas, even though he couldn't see, he had a part to play. He cried out because all the miracles of the Bible Something was required of man. You see, obedience is always the key. Do you have the capacity to obey even when you're struggling? Do you have the capacity to obey even when you're struggling this morning? Do you have the capacity to obey God when it sounds ridiculous? Do you have the capacity... To say yes to the Lord, even though you feel discouraged. Sometimes we don't want to obey God because it doesn't make sense. Or we feel depleted because we've already tried. I'm telling you today, don't give up. Some of you feel like you're walking through the midnight hour. Some of you today maybe don't even have a dollar to change Some of you today, maybe the doctors have looked at and said, you're going to die. Some of you today maybe are ravished in your body with sickness and disease. Maybe today you are facing some of the devils, some of the biggest devils you've ever faced in your life. Some of you are facing that spirit that says, just give up. Some of you are facing that demonic spirit that's telling you you've made their own choice. Look at you. Look what happened to you. Has God forgotten about you? You didn't really hear from God. The heavens is brass. Some of you are thinking, am I the only one that feels this way? Some of you are walking through a valley today. Well, i got good gospel news to you today. You have come through too many battles to stop now. You're too close to the crown to lay down the cross. you got too much to gain to lose. You may be down, but you are certainly not out. As I close today, listen to the words of the Apostle Paul. He said, and I quote, I may be troubled on every side, but I'm not in distress. I may be perplexed, but I'm not in despair. I may be persecuted, but I'm not forsaken. I may be cast down, but I'm not destroyed. I'm not giving in. I'm not going to give up. we got to hold on to God's unchanging hand today. Even though you can't be in this building today, do you heard the word of God today? Be encouraged, be strengthened today. Know that God is with us. God was with the children of Israel as a pillar of cloud by day and a pillar of fire by night. He's with us. And listen, listen to me. As I close today, God controls events that we can't control. I cannot control this pandemic You cannot control this pandemic. I can't control this sickness. God controls events that we cannot control. And let me remind you today, your health is very important to me. But my number one responsibility is to make sure that you are saved from eternal damnation. That's my responsibility. I want to make make sure that you are ready for life after death because we're going to live on forever for the endless ages of eternity hallelujah lift your hands up in your house bless the Lord today and give God praise and glory if you don't know Jesus today would you confess Jesus as your Lord and Savior say Jesus forgive me Jesus come into my heart Jesus be my Savior I accept you as Lord and Savior of my life if today if you feel discouraged I pray for you today to be strengthened. I pray that your mind be strengthened and your heart be strengthened today. Hallelujah. Lord, we just thank you today that you are good. Thank you that you are gracious to us. Thank you that you're loving to us. We give you glory and give you praise. I thank you for your spirit today, Lord, to minister to the hearts of men and women today. I pray for Christ Point Church. Pray that you would strengthen them today, that you be with them, that you guide them, that you direct them today. Let them feel your presence today.